his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. That's the part I like of that cut. Alright, I, I want to find the part of this I really like. There's a piece of this Andrew Sullivan, I really like. What are we going to... It's not the applause. What are we going to do now that we're we're basically living in like two different countries? I mean, you know, there are countries in the world like this. Israel certainly comes to mind. It's sort of, you know, almost officially an apartheid country. It could become one. Um, Belgium. I mean, I don't... (laughs) You know, I'm a defender of Israel. I don't mean that's their fault. But it's a complicated situation. Belgium, you know, they, they hate each other. The, the Walloons and the Flanders or whoever they are, but they don't talk. Czechoslovakia divided. Like, you take Slovakia, we'll take Czech. <laughs> this is Bill Maher America talking. America can't do that, but we're going to be us. living in that kind of country. We've yeah, always are. lived in that country. No. It's, hold on, it's federalism. If you think that Alabama is always going to have the same politics as Illinois or Oregon, you know, but the same so laws. we only devolve these decisions to the states. That's the genius of the American system. I just think that's so brilliant. It's the, the smallest twist on our understanding of what federalism is, and yet it sheds it in a different light. I find that really wonderful and powerful, the way he did that. Federalism allows... A, and, and celebrates the diversity of ideas that America provides for. I just think that's wonderful. <laughs> but America can't do that. But we're going to be living in that kind of country. We've yeah, yeah. always lived in that country. No. It's, hold on a minute. It's federalism. If you think that Alabama is always going to have the same politics as Illinois or Oregon, you know, but the same so we laws. only devolve these decisions to the states. That's the genius of the American system. There doesn't have to be one consistent national opinion on everything. 
And we go crazy. We're not talking about opinions. We're talking about laws. Well, the problem is that the pendulum is swinging further and further to the left and the right. So every time the right passes some draconian bill, whether it is about abortion or trans kids or, or something like that, the left goes and does the opposite. I'm the bad guy. Duh. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. WTIC, good afternoon, Tuesday. Got a great guest coming up. We're going to do that in a moment. Let's just talk to Margaret quick. Hey, Margaret. Hey, listen, uh, Todd, uh, Alan Dershowitz represented Jeffrey Epstein at his that, first that's trial. Right. And yep. he got a deal for 90 days with a work release. Yes. Alan Dershowitz also flew on the plane. Alan Dershowitz also got a massage in his New York mansion, but he said he kept his underwear on. Well, that's a happy thing to consider. If he did it. <laughs> but the... Uh, now, let the, me tell you another rich and powerful man. Bill Barr's father hired mm -hmm. Jeffrey Epstein, no college degree, no teaching degree, to teach at an all-girls school in Upper New, New York. New York. So, yeah. you know, Todd, here we go with the rich and powerful people. It's it's scary stuff, Margaret. It, it really is. It is indeed scary stuff. I, I feel tainted just having talked about it this afternoon. I know. It is. It, it's horrible. I'm sorry. Didn't Stop. mean to do that. Even yeah. Katie Couric was what in a, that circle. All right. I'm, I've got to refresh my memory on all this. Thank you, Margaret. Appreciate you holding and, and getting that in. Joining us now is Matt Gagnon. He is a uh, radio talk host in the state of Maine, in Portland, Maine, and he's the um, he's he's a public policy guy. He runs the Maine what's it called Maine Policy or something? Yeah, Maine Policy Institute. Maine Policy Institute. We love those institutes that provide a little truth in the midst of all of the uh, media distortions. Matt, thank you for being here on WTIC. Yeah, you bet. It's my pleasure. So we got connected because you were involved with the writing of a brief, uh, amicus brief for the Supreme Court. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I know that it, it sort of has now been almost lost in the shuffle with everything that's happened in the last week or so, um, with uh, obviously overturning Roe and Casey, the New York uh, gun law and everything else. But on Tuesday of last week, um, Carson v. Macon was also released by the Supreme Court, and that's a case involving um, uh, the Maine uh, Department of Education and what's known here in Maine as the sectarian exclusion. And it's basically a it's a school choice uh, law here, um, and a specific provision inside that school choice law that prohibited the state from um, actually releasing any funds to what's known as sectarian schools. So if you have any sort of religious affiliation whatsoever. Um, if you are able to access Maine school choice law, you're not able to access it to go to one of those places. So a family sued, uh, of course, uh, under um, the provisions of that law and challenged it all the way up to the Supreme Court. And that was a decision that, uh, that came on Tuesday. And Maine Policy Institute was uh, lucky enough to be able to actually participate in that case a little bit. We filed an amicus brief in partnership with an organization known as Ed Choice, 
um, and a number of other groups that were also participating in this too, uh, basically making the case for why um, the Supreme Court should find for the plaintiffs in this but case. This and, was a this was a big ruling and a wonderful decision from yeah. the Supreme Court. And you're right, it it's just been bulldozed out of out of the center of attention by these these bigger cases that have come down the pike. But the idea that I thought the logic of the decision that was made by the Supreme Court was wonderful. Can you reconstruct that for us? Yeah, essentially what the Supreme Court said was that if you are going if a state is going to come up with some kind of regime to um to have, you know, a school choice program like this one and in Maine the way that it's actually structured is if you live in a town that doesn't have a school to go to, and your town doesn't have an agreement with some other school to send all your kids there, you're afforded what is essentially a voucher um, to basically go to the school of your choice. So Supreme Court said if you're going to have a program like that, you cannot specifically exclude funding for schools that have uh, some sort of religious affiliation with them strictly because they have a religious affiliation. That is a violation of the free exercise clause of the uh, Constitution. And, I've and never understood. I, I like. I understand why the left is paranoid about religion because essentially religion isn't part of the left culturally, and they're disconnected from religion. They feel hostile towards it. I think, but the logic of saying that because I mean the intent in the Constitution, as I understand it, is that. The founders really feared the power of government so much that they didn't want the powerful government people to be able to marry their power to that of a church, a, exactly right. a religious yeah. organization, and thus claim even more power, because the whole point of our system was to make sure the power wasn't centralized, but it was out uh, dispersed uh, close to the people. So I never understood logically how you could extrapolate the intention of the Constitution into the idea that people can't practice their religion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you do it by completely perverting what the actual meaning of the First Amendment is. I mean, when you look at religion in the First Amendment, it really boils down to two things. It's the Establishment Clause, which is exactly what you're just talking about there. You know, there shall not be American Catholicism as the official religion of uh, of the country, right. right? We're not going to, and that makes religion. wonderful sense. Of course, it does, absolutely. And then there's the Free Exercise Clause, which is that you're not going to prohibit me from being able to being able to practice the religion that I want to. And that's actually where the Supreme Court went with this decision: is they said that this is a violation of the free exercise of someone's religion. Basically, a family wants to, you know, send their kid to a sectarian school here in Maine, they should be allowed to. If you're going to have a broad-based program like this, you got to leave it open. You can't exclude based on religion. But hang on, Matt. What exactly is the damage that they could even point to? The only damage they could point to is that some of the families who want their kids to go to a religious school actually get to have their kids go to a religious school. Uh, in terms of what I uh, think they're up to versus what they're saying, I mean, I, <laughs> there is no damage. I mean, we're talking about 5,000 students in the state of Maine that even have the, the capacity to access this program. It's not a very large number of kids to begin with. And the number of those kids that actually are going to be looking to go to a sectarian school is an even smaller number. So this is, this is not going to affect anything. And, you know, the funny, the funny thing about this is this sectarian exclusion did not even exist until the 1980s. So prior to that... There was no such prohibition on this, and the whole world didn't implode. You know, there wasn't some sort of a religious state that was instituted in the state of Maine. This was really religious bigotry in the early 1980s instituted into the Maine law. 
And there really is nothing that could happen because, again, it is willing families, eager families, who would partake of the benefits. It's no nobody's forcing kids from families who aren't religious to go to the religious schools. So, so the the opportunity for anything to go wrong, there is no wrong there, as you point out. It, it's really interesting. And, and if, if you don't mind me adding something, too, I, sure. the reaction to it, I mean, they had about a day and a half before the other Supreme Court decisions uh, happened, mm-hmm. and then they flipped out about some different things. But the immediate reaction to this was really disappointing because the folks on the left, particularly the blue checkmark brigade on the on the Twitterverse, you know, they basically said that this forces, um, you know, families in Maine to fund religious schools. And that is just such a disingenuous lie about what this law actually is going to do. It doesn't force anything from happening. Uh, what it does is it provides an opportunity for families to access any school of their choice as they should be given. Well, if you think about the way money flows and how that how important that is to the left, how many organizations there are, the rigged system that they have of service providers that campaign hard to make sure that their piece of the pie is expanded all the time, that whatever service they're providing, say it's an abortion provider or whatever kind of provider, some kind of special services that that local governments use tax dollars for to empower, and then that money and power flows back into the hands of the Democrats again. They've got all kinds of rigged systems, and the idea that they fear this and and think it's such a threat to their Mm -hmm. hold on power is just very strange. Well, I'll tell you what I think it's really about, because we got the attorney general in Maine, a gentleman by the name of Aaron Fry, or like the day the decision came out, he basically said that, uh, you know, they're going to try to, you know, find some way of uh, of working with the law to make it happen. But they refused to um, just go quietly into the night. He, he more or less promised that they're going to continue to fight it in some ways. Uh, they have the Maine Human Rights Act, for instance, and they're currently looking into ways of continuing to say no to this funding uh, until and unless these religious institutions, you know, begin agreeing to what the Human Rights Act says, which is basically you have to hire transgender, gay, lesbian, etc., you know, teachers who apply there and you can't restrict them. So unless those educational institutions say yes to that, they're not going to get the money, which of course is going to set off its own lawsuits. (laughs) I suppose maybe end up in the Supreme Court once again, but um, it's, it's definitely not in the spirit of the decision that was made by the Supreme Court. We're talking to Matt Gagnon. He is the chief executive officer of the Maine Policy Institute. Uh, yeah, Maine Policy Institute, but it's mainepolicy.org, the website. And w- he was involved in the uh, legal case that was settled by the Supreme Court recently before the big cases that have taken over the news in the last few days. But a very important one because it gets rid of this idea that there's something dirty on a governmental level and a financing level for school money to be used for um, religious schools. And I'd like to see more of the free flow of that money to schools that provide good education, since the thing that we really lack is great education outcomes for American kids. And we should be worried more about achieving that rather than achieving a total stranglehold on the flow of money, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that some of this is about control of curriculum, too. I mean, the thing that they fear the most out of some of these schools, I think, is the fact that they have absolutely no hand in setting what is being taught uh, in those schools from a social uh, perspective, right? Any of the stuff I know, obviously, everybody's been paying attention to things like CRT lately. Um, but, you know, public schools in Maine, you know, have a very specific 
set of things that they teach in the schools that really are not done in a lot of these religiously affiliated institutions, and they do not like the idea of students being afforded the opportunity to go to these places instead of main public schools. And I think that's really what this is all about. Well, so you kind of, you guys in Maine, you've sort of merged the education system there with the state of Connecticut. Tell us about how that's working out. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if you're talking about uh, Dan Malloy and all I am, the, uh, yes. the foibles there. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I followed his career uh, quite a bit because I used to work in D.C. in the Republican Governors Association. And when he was running for re-election, I had an opportunity take a quick peek at uh, his record in, in uh, Connecticut and uh, obviously was not terribly impressed, but he became our chancellor of the University of Maine system um, about three years ago. And ever since that time, it has been one disaster after another. Uh, they're actually currently reviewing his contract and deciding whether or not to renew it. And uh, I mean, I could go into a long list of things that he's done wrong, but basically... It well, down don't give us a list, but give us something that essential. What, what, it, what has been revealed about him and how has it been revealed? Well, I mean, there was recently a search for the University of Maine at Augusta uh, president. The old one left. We needed a new one. And the whole process by which they hired the new person was corrupted from the very beginning. They ended up hiring a person who had uh, a faculty vote of no confidence from his previous job. He was the president <laughs> of another university. Oh, and uh, the faculty had basically revolted against the guy, accused him of any number of mismanagement uh, you know, accusations and just being terrible at his job. And Malloy knew and didn't tell the search committee. Um, and He was and protecting the guy. hid it from them. Yeah, Why? And, and hired him anyway. Why would he do that? I ha I guess he just likes the guy. I don't know exactly why he would do it, other than either just gross negligence and incompetence, which knowing him certainly is possible, uh, or he just wanted the guy to get hired and hoped that no one would notice. But either way, four faculty senates at the University of Maine System Schools have now voted for no confidence in his leadership in the system. Mm -hmm. So if he ends up getting reappointed, I am I am going to lose my mind. <laughs> it's nice that Dan Malloy is polluting other waters. <laughs> Keeping up with old friends, right? <laughs> what 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 uh maybe there's an early trigger for your understanding of who he is? Yeah, I mean, you know, back when uh, back when he was governor of Connecticut, obviously followed his career quite a bit. Oh, yeah, you, you could list a bunch of things that were problematic there. He had no sense of, I think, uh, of dealing with people. You know, he he had he had certainly a lot of political experience, but seemed n unable completely to deal with folks. But you know, the one that always disturbed me was how he handled the Sandy Hook disaster and how he, you know, told the parents uh, about uh, you know their children actually, um, you know, having died in the in the incident and whatnot. It was so cold and disconnected from the general humanity of the parents that were there. There were one it was just a really stark uh example of, of how callous he can be and, and unfeeling he is. He's very robotic mm -hmm. obviously and doesn't seem to have that human touch. No, that is one thing he was not blessed with. No, definitely not. Missing definitely. Well, an action. problem now, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's great. Uh, I like that we've uh, completed the circle, and, and now we have uh, eyes <laughs> in the state of Maine that we can uh, tap into to get to get insights into. Because there's no better way to, to uh, get a clear view of somebody you've been involved with too much than to have them go away and look at them from a distance. So it's good to have your help with it, Matt. You bet. Anytime. Happy to talk about it anytime you want to. All right. Matt Gagnon, he is the chief executive officer of the Maine Policy Institute, mainpolicy.org. Great of you to spend time. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All righty. Thanks so much. Wow. How about that?
Can you imagine that that Dan Malloy went to Maine and he hasn't impressed? Who would have ever expected such a... And he wielded power with an arrogance that has caused problems and consternation. Who would have guessed that as well? 860-522-9842. Rant line number 860-751-4698. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Let's play a rant or two right now. And then Red Janky will be here, and after Red, we will be, uh, we will have some time to do the rest of the rants. We've got some great rants today. We do, like this one. I was dismayed to read, including in the presumably right-wing Wall Street Journal, that striking down Roe v. Wade was eliminating a constitutional right to abortion. First of all, our Constitution does not grant rights. God does that. What the Constitution does is guarantee them for us. Second, our Constitution never mentioned anything about abortion, let alone guaranteeing any right to abortion. And finally, the striking down of Roe versus Wade should be viewed as being significant, not because of abortion, but because the Supreme Court admitted that it has no business establishing laws. Anyone considering themselves to be a true liberal should be delighted that the Supreme Court decreed that law should only be created by our elected officials, while the Supreme Court's function should be limited to ensuring that such laws adhere to our Constitution. Thanks, Todd. Thank you. Well done. Another awesome interview with George Colley last week. Uh, the standout for me was when George pointed out how frequently our elected leaders use the word historic, historically, uh, while patting themselves on the back. Well, I want to remind everybody that Ned Lamont did something so historic back in February. I guarantee you no other governor in the history of the United States had ever accomplished this. He goes on an economic development trip to Israel. He meets with two company heads that do business with his wife, Annie Lamont. Never been done before. Yep, that was a breakthrough. For those uh, who believe... Wait a sec. Why is this? I'm getting old ones in here, Anthony. 
I'm not blaming you. It's probably my fault. But I'm not happy about it. I want the new ones. Where are the new rants? Let's try this. I know what all the fuss is about this Roe v. Wade. I mean, it only affects heterosexuals. So with all this uh, non-binary, cisgender, whatever it is, I don't pay attention. But uh, it doesn't affect them, so what's the big to-do? Thank you. Have a good night. Uh, hey, Todd, I'm listening to the 4 o'clock newscast about the gun legislation that uh, has been drawn up and Chris Murphy taking his victory lap, saying how they're showing Americans that we are protecting you, your children, and making everybody's life safer. I thought they were doing that with COVID, too, but that didn't work out too well. They don't get anything right, and to make us believe that they're actually going to do something that's right for everyone, it's not going to happen. No, that's not one of the criteria for doing something from their point of view. That's not the goal. That's not what they're up to. There is not equal treatment under the law as part of the framework of the policies they pursue, especially in Connecticut. It's unequal treatment. And that's what the word equity is for, is to somehow justify the distortion of our system so that it's not representing all the people. It's just representing people who vote for Democrats. That's where we're at right now. Back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Good afternoon. We got the rain out of our systems. We're in a healthier pattern now with the July 4th weekend coming up. Exciting times. And we're being joined right now by Red Janky, v-red-line.com. Hello, Red. Hey, Todd. How are you? What is on your mind today? We haven't even compared notes or talked or anything. You just show up every week, and I don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> well, you know, uh, to address the uh, the major event of uh, the past several days, um, Roe v. Wade, um, I have two reactions that really have nothing to do with abortion, um, per se. Good. Which is, That's how it should be. It's not really about abortion. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's both a sad and a challenging day in this country when we are so divided. Um, hearkening back to Abraham Lincoln, a house divided cannot stand. Can I point put a sharper point on that though? We are divided because our elected officials work hard to keep us divided all the time, and, and to me that's the sad part that they're out there campaigning for more division. Because those are the the energy currents they want to ride to to elected office. Yeah, um, you can get partisan with that for sure. Um, Joe Biden uh, ran and campaigned as a uniter, and he's been anything but um, just always looking for the sharp point to stick in in uh, Republicans' eyes. Um, the other takeaway is. 
um, we're getting a taste of what it's like when something is taken away from the citizenry, even though... Um, That's a really good point. Uh, I, I should say that it, it's not been taken away so much as it has been uh, uh, decentralized down to the state level. Well, for the, for the present, there is a different structure with, uh, that doesn't allow for the same set of expectations. So that right. is a, the removal of something that people came to count on. And especially now that we've become, our political system isn't a free electoral system anymore. It's a, a system where, where tax dollars are used to, to buy votes from particular blocks of voters. And, and that gives us a rigged system, and that makes the whole thing sadder, too. Yeah, and this dynamic, um, because we're headed into fiscal and financial territory where um, uh, we are going to have to take things away from people. Um, We discussed last time around that over the last 12 months, uh, and I I asked you to guess, um, and I'll recall, remind you of what the answer is, our national debt is in public hands is now $24 trillion. Over the last 12 months, the interest expense is $666 billion. Mm-hmm. Over the last 12 months, that does not include the Federal Reserve rate hikes. The last 12 months through May 31 barely catches the last rate hike, um, it does not catch the 75 basis point rate, rate hike in June, middle of this month. It barely catches the half percent rate hike in May and only picks up um, the 25 basis point or quarter percent. Yeah, but that's only a part of Fed. That, two and a half that, months. That's only a part of Fed policy anyway. I mean, what you're, what you're pointing out is that Fed policy costs way more in total, than all the other shenanigans, doesn't it? Well, what's, what's, what I'm pointing out is $666 billion is before interest rates are going up. Well, Even yeah, but, but, but how about all the other stuff, the injecting of money they've been doing, the, the dilution of our, well, the value of our question. money? That's a currency issue. And an inflation issue. What I'm talking about is Uncle Sam's cost of doing business overall. And one of the largest expenses is interest expense because our national debt has exploded to such a stratospheric okay. level. Okay, so you're trying to you're trying to point this out for a reason, and I'm interfering. So explain yeah, I'm to just, us. I'm just I'm just doing budget talk. Let's let's sit around the the national kitchen table and talk about where our money's going. And to put a comparison to it, six hundred and sixty six billion on interest. The defense budget is about seven hundred and fifty billion. Medicare is about seven hundred. We're headed north of those figures. Interest expense is going to be second only to Social Security. Well, how much will that 60, 666 or whatever it is explode because of the inflation that's being acknowledged in the Fed's policy? Well, um, you can parse it quite easily. I won't do it because it's throwing numbers around uh, 
Well, just give us a rough at. estimate. What what does the six? What what does the two thirds of a trillion go up to? Does it become a trillion? Um, I, I can make a case that we'll be at a, at a trillion dollars of interest expense. I, okay, it, it does. I don't have to break a sweat to make that case. All right, so that's that's good enough for us for our purposes to understand the connection between the damage being done by the inflationary policies that led to the inflation that led to the adjustments that the it, Fed is making in monetary policy. Spending decade after decade. Yes. We've we've eroded our fundamental strength. Let's do another comparative. Rather than our defense budget and Medicare, let's look at um, how we have managed our government versus how Vladimir Putin, the devil incarnate, has managed <laughs> Russia's economy, and fiscal condition. Today, Russia is making more money on oil and gas than it has ever made. The Russian ruble is, is because we've than it has ever been. Because the, the war has driven up the value of the, of the oil so much? Yes, and he, prepared, he has been preparing to invade Ukraine for over a decade. He has built up um, gold reserves and currency reserves so that he is, his economy is barely being dented. Why is, the, why is the invasion of Ukraine worth so much to him? Well, that's another question. Uh, I'm not endorsing what, uh, that, what Putin is doing. I am endorsing the restraint um, that he has exercised over the Russian economy, not running a deficit. Oh, well, that's very blowout. interesting. That's very interesting. We're talking to Red Janky. You can find his writings at the-red-line.com. Yeah, that, bring that full circle, Tom. Okay. Um, we're not going to be financially prepared to fight any major military encounter because we have such a weakened financial at a fiscal situation. Why have there been economists read in recent years, most mostly or maybe completely leftists like, uh, what's his name, the guy from the New York Times who won the, uh, the big prize there for, for being such Paul a genius? Krugman. Yeah, Krugman. Why do people like that run around talking about how there's no there's no downside to borrowing money infinitely. Why do they are are they just looking to destroy the country financially? Why where does that belief come from? Is there anything rational there? Well, I don't happen to think so. I think Paul Krugman long since um, lost his ability to think about economics uh, as he traded that in for his partisan polemics so he's I mean, just another person partisan. he's just another person wants to destroy us so that democrats can get more power you know because um, i came I, to that conclusion too so it's interesting yeah, you say the same thing i don't read paul krugman um uh there might have been a time you you might have read paul krugman for some economic analysis and insight no more. Yeah, so now, I listen to people. Read Krugman is like Sun Yat Sen 
know your enemy. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I listen to Elizabeth Warren the same way, Red. And I, oh, I listen to her try to be at the cutting edge of the Bernie imitator lane of the Democratic Party. And I say none of this makes any sense unless you're a Marxist, unless you believe that America, that Washington, D.C. should be Havana. There is no reason to say the things that Liz Warren is saying as if they are serious policy proposals. And and that but that requires that you look at people like her and Paul Krugman and say these people want power and they know the best way to get power is to jump onto the the system and the protocols that pay voters that are designed to transfer wealth from the entirety of the country to the special interest voters who benefit from the policies that the 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 Marxists like Elizabeth Warren are espousing Does, is that how you look at it yeah I just don't I think they've lost their thinking minds to their partisan emotions uh, you you, know, you Elizabeth don't think they're Warren making a rational decision anyway she's a lawyer she's a well but she's a really smart Harvard lawyer who knows how to scam a system to get power, right? She played, she pretended to be a victim of racial bias yeah. in order to get her job at Harvard. She's no innocent. She understands what the game she's playing and what she gets in return for lying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, it, 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 she has little integrity. Well, that goes without saying. Yeah, but that's what, what you are saying. Yes. But, but specifically, that's a hard thing for people to get their heads around, that people who are out there arguing what Bernie Sanders believes are doing it with the full knowledge that communism is a failure, that only market-driven systems deliver great results, that there would not be the wealth to have America as a successful country, indeed, Connecticut is the proof. Connecticut has been bankrupted by the pursuit of these policies. And they keep pursuing in the, in the face of the bankruptcy because they realize it keeps them in control. That's how you buy votes. That's how you win. They're perfectly happy to be on a sinking ship as long as they are manning the bridge. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, just a... Uh, uh, a small point in a larger discussion, um, Ned Lamont included in his budget, along with his uh, Democratic Party fellow travelers, um, in the budget that they adopted this spring and is just being printed. It's just being printed today. We get to see it today as citizens. Um, the uh, A little factoid, they're expecting on debt service, Connecticut's debt outstanding, servicing that debt, that um, debt service is going to go down because market rates have been improving. That's almost a direct quote from the budget document. Wait, market rates have been improving? Improving. This is, this is something that they signed their names to on, what, May 2nd? Ned Lamont is governor, and Martin Looney is president of the Senate, and who is it, Ritter, who's... Yes, Matt Ritter. Speaker? Mm -hmm. 
They signed their names to a document on May 2nd that market rates are improving. And they're still talking like that's the case? And today in the Wall Street Journal, there's an article about how um, it got used to Got to go, so wrap this up. Yeah, it used to be the municipal um, borrowing rates didn't weren't so volatile because they were held for uh, municipal bonds, i.e. state and I'm local sorry, bonds, Red, were held by long-term investors. Thank you, Red Janky. Good to talk with you. Visit the-red-line.com. It's bad news, but it's good information. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.